you're joining us this morning on the, uh, on the internet, and we want to thank you. you. Willow Park is a unique church uh, with four locations. We say six congregations plus two midweek congregations of over 400 young people that gather on a Wednesday and um, Thursday each evening. God, God is, is, is working and moving in our lives. But what we've been talking a lot about and thinking a lot about is, in my mind, and I've been meditating on this theologically through this period. You'll be pleased to know that I do meditate theologically. And on the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and of course, understanding the fact of, of what I've termed, stealing it from C.S. Lewis, as one must, uh, the, the grand miracle of the incarnation. And the grand miracle, as we've been focusing, and evangelicals, we do focus on this, that, that God became man, but Jesus' deity, which is absolutely correct, is he, he was God, he was the God-man. He was, he was God, if you like, in the form of man. And we, we draw that from many scriptures, including Philippians chapter 2, who being the very nature, the very form of God. Now, of course, the, the, the Greek word there, the very form, doesn't mean the outward appearance as it does in, in English. When you look at somebody and say, boy, they've got good form. You know, oh, they're looking good. You know, look at them, the way they're, you know, outward appearance. Look at the Canadian youth hockey team. Um, they've got good form. Well, we keep praying. And but the game's not over yet. And so, so it's all, it's all we, we look at the in, outward, and yet the inward in the Greek um, is, is form is to do with who you are inside. So when he says, being the very nature of God, the form, it means that when you looked at Jesus, you saw a man, but his very nature inside of him was divine. And so this is, this is important. Why is this important? Because we, we, we hold together two areas. We hold together the area of the, of the divine of who God is. But of course we are taught that he came and he laid down the divinity and took up humanity. He left the limitless power of the glory of infinity of heaven to become infinite and to become finite as a man and to, to join and to, as it were, play within the rules of human body, human form, human world and to interact with the world in, in his humanity. There were moments of his divinity, of course. Uh, we see that in Scripture, where the moments of his, where only his divinity could be at work. Uh, for example, his ability to forgive sins was a divine act of his divinity. It's not something I can do or you and I can do in that sense to take away sin. The fact that he called himself the resurrection and the life. That is something you and I cannot call ourselves. We are not the resurrection and the life. But Jesus is the resurrection and the life. 
And so we understand that he came into this world. But the other side of this is that he then took on humanity. And scripture is pretty clear that the way that he ministered in humanity was, was, was through an area and a way that we mustn't neglect as we begin 2017. How did Jesus, being fully human then, minister? Well, it's an interesting verse, and let me start with, with, with this verse here. Uh, and if, if you've got your Bibles, it's a verse where Peter goes to Cornelius' house and he starts to preach. He's shocked because he's got there, and he's shocked because the Spirit of God is at work amongst the Gentiles, and he knows that God is working. And yet, this verse in verse 38 now remember, Peter fully saw Jesus as divine and God. He worshipped him as the Lord. When they stopped the storm, he got down and worshipped him. He worshipped him, of course, when he saw him after res- the resurrection um, and, and realised that he was the, the, the Son of God, the Most High, uh, the third member of the Trinity. He understood this. But then he writes, then we see him speak these words, and Luke writes these words. Verse 38. And he says, uh, being baptism that of John preached, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good, healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Now notice in this verse that the, that the way Jesus lived his life in his humanity was not drawing, as it were, from his divinity. He lived his humanity as an example, drawing from what? Being anointed by the Holy Spirit. He was the Messiah anointed one. So Peter makes the statement that Christ's life and ministry was lived out in his humanity through the presence and the anointing of the Holy Spirit at work within his life. Because Jesus showed us an example of how a truly redeemed human being who has the presence and anointing of God on him should live and should act. Now, why do I say this to you? I say this because as we enter 2017 and in the age that we live in and with the currents of change and secularization, the, the un- unprecedented attack on church systems and church values within our society in Canada that is taking place today, I want to affirm to you that the only way we will move forward as a church is by knowing and by as individuals is by knowing the anointing of the Holy Spirit on each of our lives. Because if we have the Holy Spirit resting on our lives, that's what makes us different because many of our biblical truths are being challenged. Many of our biblical truths are being undermined. It's becoming unpopular to believe the Bible in the 21st century. But for you and I, 
The only difference from being a dry sort of religious Christian to actually functioning in a society that now is starting to resist God and resist the truth and resist the values of Christianity and all values are being turned around on their heads and you know the many areas I'm talking about because you read the same papers and you listen to the same debates and we know what's happening in our society. What is the response of the people? The response of the people is that we as his people in our character and our conduct should be people who are full of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's what God is asking us. So as it becomes increasingly difficult, and we keep loving on the world, and as we become at times marginalised, but we keep loving the world and preaching good news, let let me remind you as good Anabaptists, the church has always prospered when we've been on the edge of society. More people have always got converted. But notice in the verse, it says he was anointed by, by anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. This is the reality that he is the Messiah, anointed one called of God. But he went around, first of all, doing good. And secondly, healing all who were under the power of the devil. Because God was with him. I see two areas here, which I've already mentioned. He went around doing good. I want to challenge us that in our walk with Christ, the Holy Spirit changes our character so we become good people. Secondly, His conduct was that where darkness reigned, he brought the light of God into situations. So let's just think about this and flip back for a moment into the Old Testament. Two very powerful scriptures that talk about Jesus and his life. First of all, let's think for a moment about character. In 2017, if you... Engage in your life and seek after the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. How will this affect your character? Well, in Isaiah chapter 11, powerful verses about Jesus deals with character. And they read as follows from verse 1. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From the root, a branch will bear fruit. Talking about Jesus. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. Talking about Jesus, his humanity. And the spirit of wisdom, of understanding, and the spirit of counsel, of might, and the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. This is character. This is the essence of who Jesus was as a human with the Spirit of God resting on him. His character was marked by wisdom, by counsel, 
by knowledge. This is the inner wisdom and counsel that he had. Jesus drew upon this. You can see this through the Gospels. Did he not have wisdom when he spoke to Nicodemus? Did he not have wisdom when he spoke to the Samaritan woman? Did he not have knowledge and ability when he spoke to the Pharisees? When he faced opposition and stood before Pilate, did he not have a wisdom? And here he had the fear of the Lord. What does that mean to us. It means I would rather do the will of God in my life than anything else. In other words, I, I understand me when I say this, I want to fear the Lord more than I fear men around me. I want to do God's will first rather than the man's will. And I think when we get to that point in our walk with Christ, our character really changes because what we want is this. We want God's will. And I, 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 in a good way, I fear the Lord more than I fear men. And I have to do God's calling because God's calling is the only calling that counts. But many of us know that we can, we can fear men. We fear their opinions. We fear people's view of us. For a number of years in my own walk, because of my childhood and because of um, having a dominant, uh, angry stepfather, I, I, and because I was, you know, perhaps a little bit hyperactive at school, and I was always the one getting into trouble. I, I, I had a, you'd never have guessed it by looking at me, um, that I had a fear for men. You see, you laughed in the wrong place. Uh, but it's true. Perhaps, probably the right place. Um, it's, I had a fear for, for people, for authority. I always thought I was the one who was the naughty boy, the one in trouble, the one that that, you know, that would be called into the principal's office. That's because I was. And... But that, that kind of stuck within me. And, and, and becoming a people pleaser is a taskmaster in our lives. See, don't live your life to please people around you. Live your life in the fear of the Lord to please the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's his will that makes a difference. It's not the opinions of others, it's the opinions of Scripture, it's the opinions of God. It is living in our character with a sense of the Holy Spirit as Jesus lived with wisdom, with understanding, with counsel and with knowledge. Now isn't that a great way to live? And when I go into 2017, I want to go in with a sense of the presence of the Holy Spirit at work within my life because I can't do Christianity without the Holy Spirit. And when I draw upon him, I want to know God's wisdom, God's knowledge and God's strength at work in my life. I want my character to be formed by the work of the Holy Spirit. Indeed, Galatians teaches us the fruit of the Spirit is at work in our lives. Shouldn't that be our aim in 2017 that we become people that portray the fruit of the Spirit? I'm sure you're like me. You need more goodness. 
you're like me, you need more kindness. You need more faithfulness. You need more wisdom. You need more knowledge. You need a, a healthy fear of the Lord. It's not a fear, and I've often said this, a fear like you have when a rattlesnake is in the room. That's a healthy fear, but it's not the kind of fear we have the Lord. It's like standing on the side of Niagara Falls and breathing in for a moment and seeing the vastness of that falls and feeling a little afraid because it's so incredible. That's the fear of the Lord. God, you are so incredible. So if it's our character we need to look for for 2017, and I want to encourage you, the Holy Spirit will give you the knowledge, will give you the wisdom, will give you the counsel that you need to live your life in 2017. He's not going to fail you. Counts, character. Second area, have we seen that verse, is is conduct. How did Jesus conduct himself? Well, verse 61, he read it in Luke 4 about himself. Verse 61, chapter 61, excuse me. And verse 1 says this of Isaiah. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. When the Holy Spirit rests on a believer, you can't stop or help yourself sharing the good news of Jesus to those around us. It's one of the fruits of the presence of the Holy Spirit. To the poor, to those who are broken, to those who are struggling. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives. You know a lot of broken-hearted people. In fact, some of you are broken-hearted people. Some of you feel like prisoners in your own life. You feel like things are holding you back. What it says on the tin of Christianity is this, that when, when the Lord enters a life, he binds our broken-heartedness He brings freedom to our prisons. He changes our lives. And he brings release from the darkness to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion. And then Jesus in Luke 4 looked at all the synagogue and as it were... He took the scroll and he closed it and he said, this day, this scripture has been fulfilled. Wow. It's fulfilled. People who are trapped in a prison can be free, whether that's addiction, whether that is emotional damage, whether that is broken relationships, whatever you have faced, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and Jesus' conduct was that where there were anybody who was oppressed by the devil, he came and he brought freedom. Acts chapter 10. I love that verse. Because Peter knows all about the divinity of Christ. 
But he says, Jesus of Nazareth, anointed of the Holy Spirit, did good and went around healing and ministering to all those. So my challenge to you and to me in 2017 is that am I willing to allow the Holy Spirit to grab hold of my life just as Christ allowed the Holy Spirit in my character? And secondly, am I going to portray the same conduct and belief that the gospel transforms lives? We've talked a lot about the divinity, but how did he live his humanity? He lived his humanity under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We don't have divinity, as it were, but how are we going to live our Christianity? You and I are going to live our Christianity successfully only when we surrender to the Holy Spirit. When you look at Acts 10 and verse 38 and hear the wording and then look at at Acts 1, the similar wording exists. He says, wait in Jerusalem and then tarry and then the Holy Spirit will come on you in power and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth. Acts 10.38 mirrors Acts 1.8 and brings the two together and reminds us in Scripture that for my character and my conduct as a Christian believer in any age of the church, I can only live this out if I surrender to the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So what did Jesus do? Well, he clearly left the crowd and spent time alone with his father. He clearly relied upon the Holy Spirit for his ministry. He clearly carved out a devotional routine of being in his presence. What would it be like in your Christian life If for 10 minutes every day, beyond your normal devotions, beyond your daily readings and your activities of service, that for 10 minutes a day, every one of you sat and just said, Holy Spirit, fill me today to change my character and to affect my conduct. What would your life be like? What would I be like? Maybe you do it. Maybe you don't. But the challenge is this. Why don't you carve some time out as we enter 21 days of prayer and fasting, as we start on the 9th and fast and pray, as a church, we write down three areas in our personal lives that we want breakthrough and answer, And however you need to fast, however God calls you to fast, whether it is sporadic, weekly, for a day, or for the whole period, but you're engaging. In that period, 
Why not sit and just ask the Lord, fill me afresh, fill me afresh, change my character, change my conduct. I'd really like to see some people in darkness freed. I'd really like to operate in wisdom and knowledge. This is how you lived in your humanity. May I live the same in my Christianity. Amen? And you know, as we watch our dear friends share testimonies of the transforming power of Christ, let us not forget that um, on this first day that, that Christ is still changing lives. We're going to go and now we're going to watch um, some video testimonies of f- five people that are being baptised. And that we're also going to take up our tithes and offerings, our first tithes of 2017, praise God, and honour him with all that he's given us. So, but then we can enter a time of worship and people will, are going to pray for the baptism candidates and we're going to worship and then they'll walk into the water and they will be baptised and you know, often we love to cheer and clap and give thanks to God absolutely beautiful um, but as we worship and there is now a worship set coming up why don't you concentrate on applying what I've talked about and start the new year with a sense of um, Lord fill me afresh I give my whole life over I rededicate my life like these people in baptism I dedicate my life to Christ Let's watch these great um, testimonies right now.